0: It's that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at Sleepy underscore pregame. Joined here by Stats and Analytics Guru. We got Dan Rivera in the house. You guys can find him on Twitter at Rivera 228 And we got the grinder of all sports. We got Jay Smoove in the house. You guys can find him at Smoove underscore 702. And you can find us all on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, guys, here we go. NFL Week 9. Uncle Dave and I, we went ahead. We covered five games. Smooth, Dan, and myself, we're going to go ahead, and we're going to cover the remaining six games here on the Sunday card. Guys, we're going to go ahead. We're going to start it out here with the Texans and the Dolphins. Uh, Right now, Dolphins minus 6.5. We have a total of 46. Uh, Seems like the the Tyrod Taylor status right now is questionable. So, Dan, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to throw it to you first. Texans, Dolphins. Thoughts on that one?
1: I'm looking to the Dolphins here. Only in lean right now because, like you said, Sleepy. Is Tyrod going to play? Is he not going to play? The Dolphins hung in there mostly last week. Tua kind of banged up in his throwing hand. I know it's Tua. I know the running joke is he can't stay healthy. I don't think it really matters much for Sunday, but it is something to monitor if you're going to be backing the Dolphins, either with the spread or if you want to back them for Survivor this week because I got a feeling a lot of people are going to talk themselves into the Dolphins this week if Tyrod Taylor cannot go. The Texans are a team to me. I cannot put any money on them. They're not covering any spreads. They're not covering with Davis Mills. I don't know who's playing for them week to week, and I don't even know if they care anymore. Even last week, as long as you didn't bet the Rams game day, you covered with that massive spread. My only concern for the Texans is, are they going to show up for this game? Do they care anymore? Are these guys going to be putting in effort? Yeah, we hear these guys saying they're going to try. We hear these guys saying they're going to give them their effort. But are they really? I don't know. The Texans defense doesn't get really a pass rush, and that's how you really get the Tua. Tua and Co. did pretty well two weeks ago after that London game. It has been about three weeks since that London game, so I don't expect any jet lag. So until I know if Tyrod Taylor is playing or not playing, I'm not sure if it matters. The Dolphins could and should blow them out. But at 1-5, 1-6, in they do have that game Thursday night against the Ravens. I don't think this is a look-ahead situation because they kind of suck. So I'll lean Dolphins for now until I figure out who's playing QB. Yeah,
0: I don't think it matters who plays quarterback here. Uh, I like Miami a lot in this game. I would probably actually go out there and say that this would be, you know, a three-star wager for me. This is one of my strongest picks, if not the strongest pick uh, on this NFL card for me. Oh, look, Taylor, he, he's definitely better than Davis Mills. Davis Mills stinks. I mean, there's really nothing else you could say. I mean, the guy's not that good. Um, and, and kudos to him. You know, he's in the NFL. He's getting a good paycheck. He's living a dream. But um, a starting NFL quarterback, um, you know, he's, he's just not. Taylor is. You know, Taylor deserves to be the starting quarterback. He was hurt for a while. And I think that that's going to kind of hurt him here, the, the fact that he's just been out for, you know, an extended period of time. And he's going on the road here. He's going against the Miami team who... Uh, in my opinion, you know, they're playing with house money right now. You know, Flores' job is, uh, quote, unquote, on the line according to the media. But, you know, in my opinion, um, you know, it, it shouldn't be. Um, you know, he, he did a good job last year. Uh, that that, that roster has just been banged up all year long on both sides of the ball. And I like the fact that he's letting Tua throw it. I mean, he's letting Tua just go out there and rip and run. And uh, that's one of the things that Tua does best. I mean, he could throw the football, and now he's got all his pass catchers out there with – uh, with Parker and Williams and Gasicki, guys like that. And, uh, you know, he he's throwing, what, like 30, 35 times a game, uh, you know, completing a lot of passes. He, he's throwing for a decent amount of yardage. But I really think this comes down to the Dolphins secondary. And if if it's Taylor or if it's Mills, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, I don't believe that there's many quarterbacks that can get through, you know, or have have a lot of success against that Miami secondary if they are healthy. And this will be, I'm going to say, either their second or third game in a row that they're going to be back. And they held Buffalo to 26 points last week. That was one of their lowest outputs. I believe maybe it was their second lowest output of the entire season. So I like Miami here. I think they're they're, they're going all in to help the coach out to, you know, quiet those goofy discussions about his job. Uh, two is going to go out. He's going to be allowed to let it rip and run. But, you know, the rosters for both sides. And I explained this to you last week, Dan, about – you know, the Houston roster and I forget the other team that we that we talked about. I think it was actually Miami. Uh, I talked about Miami. I'm like, there's far, you know, two different teams, two totally different rosters. Miami has the better roster. Doesn't matter who's on the field for Houston. I mean, they were down 38 nothing last week and the Rams just said, you know what, whatever, dude, just have fun, throw the ball around. We don't care. Uh, I could see a similar situation. I think Miami looks to run it up, feel good win. Um That's the way I'm looking at this one. I don't think this game's close. I think Miami gets close to 40 here, and I would be shocked if Houston gets themselves out of the team. So uh, this is my best bet for this podcast by far. Miami minus six and a half. Smooth, what do you think about that game? Yeah, I think for me, a lot of it has to depend on being uh, for
2: certain if Tyrod Taylor's playing or not. You know, like you said, already sleepy. Uh, I just can't, you know, trust Davis Mills anymore and and look to – to back the Texans if he's out there. I mean, when you get somewhere between 19 to 20, uh, points, you know, to cover, um, you know, you're, you know, pretty much getting blown out and, you know, the Rams just gave that game up and, you know, the Texans come back and cover that game late. Um, there's just something that you can't really, um, I don't think you can really count count on. So, you know, this team, you know, they do have some pretty good skilled players, you know, around them on the outside, talking about Brandon Cooks and you know some other guys but this team was was at its best you know with, with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback so if he's able to come back and be healthy um then that would be the side that I would look to because I'm just not a believer in the Dolphins laying this many points with the record that they have um I think I think the uh rumors you know about around the team you know trading for Deshaun Watson that's been going on you know as long as it has um, and then they they end up not trading for him, and you have to go back to Tua. Um, I think his that is you know shaking up his confidence a little bit, shaking up that locker room a little bit because um, I don't think they were all on the same page, trying to pull in the same, uh, going the same direction, and trying to rally them all together to you know go win a go win a game against the Texans, but laying you know six and a half or seven in some spots. Um, I just can't back that, um, but I also can't look to back the Texans without knowing for sure if Tyrod Taylor would be the quarterback. So um, for me, more than likely, it'll be a game that I pass. Um, uh, if Tyrod Taylor is um, is going to play, then I might look to get involved. But more than likely, it'll be a game that I pass altogether.
0: All right, so smooth, going to go ahead and look at passing on that one. Let's jump over to the Broncos and the Cowboys. Cowboys are going to be minus 9.5, minus 10. Uh, I see more minus 10s than I do nine and a half. We have a total of 49 and a half in this one. I'll go first, guys. Uh, I like the over a lot in this one, and I lean strongly to the Broncos. I think Dallas might actually come down, you know, off of that win last week. You know, the fact that wasn't Dak was in there and, and, and the backup Cooper Rush ended up, you know, going ahead and, you know, just keeping that team in the game till the end, and they snuck out a win there. But I don't believe that Dallas's defense is actually as advertised as, as some people say. The Broncos have a half-decent offense. And they're going to get Jerry Judy back. Uh, they, they still got Sutton. They got two running backs. They got Noah Fant. So I think there's a lot of offense there. And if you, you know, take Denver's defense, which, you know, has been praised as one of the better defenses in the league, well, now they lose Von Miller. So I think that that defense uh, mentally or, you know, I, I guess mentally might come down. Uh, they might feel bad that they lost one of their, you know, one of their team leaders, one of their star players. And we know Dallas's offense could put points on the board. So I'm thinking over in that game, but I have a feeling Dallas might come down a little bit here on the defensive side of the ball uh, after last week. So like the over 49 and a half, I think that line should be probably 51. So uh, I see a little bit of value in the number, and I believe the Broncos keep this one tight because I think a lot of people are underestimating you know the offense that they've been putting together you know the last couple of weeks. But I think it shines here uh, against the Cowboys this week. How about you, smooth Broncos Cowboys? What are you thinking?
2: Yeah, the Broncos—they're one of my favorite picks of the week, you know. Especially getting ten, Um, and I, I really like this spot. You know, looking at the Cowboys, you know, like you said, already sleepy. I think that was a pretty uh, emotional game on Sunday night, you know, without Dak against the Vikings, and you know, um, everybody kind of rallying around Cooper Rush and you know, playing at a high enough level to come out with a win. So I think it's a little bit of a letdown spot. Uh, this week and the Cowboys you know they're one of the better teams this uh, this year that really haven't played you know uh, a sloppy game or a bad game yet and I think this is a perfect spot you know for them to have one of those type of games you know over the last you know few years the Cowboys have been really inconsistent you know missing the playoffs here and there and you know coming into this year up up until this point you know they've been you know playing really well and you know. Um, you know, not everybody all the way in buying the Cowboys quite yet because of the, you know, mediocre play we've seen, you know, for, for a while. And with now this week, you know, everybody's pretty much, uh, all on the Cowboys with them getting over 70, plus, uh, 70% plus of the tickets and laying such a big number to a team that you know everybody's expecting them, you know, to beat by at least by two touchdowns or more, um, you know, I think that they can really be, you know, come out in this flat spot here, and you know the 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 Broncos do have some players in the secondary that can match up with some of the Cowboys' wide receivers on the outside, and like you already mentioned, um, their skill position players on on offense. You know, this office looks a lot better with Jerry Judy uh, in the lineup. You know, he came back last week, but I think him getting a game under his belt and another full week of practice, I think he'll look a lot better this week. And that's Teddy, That was Teddy Bridgewater's, you know, favorite target that he liked to go to. Um, so I think Bridgewater be a little bit more comfortable as well um, with them having two running backs, you know, two tight ends, and you know, just the uh, you know being counted out, you know, not having a lot of uh, people backing him this week. Um, I think they come out and you know, just you know, uh, play, you know, put everything to the to the table and 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 go all out. And I think it'll be a, a pretty close game. Uh, with the help of a, a sloppy, you know, uh, game from the Cowboys. So uh, I'll take the points with the Broncos at, at, at 10, and, you know, I'll I just let it ride with them.
0: All right, cool. Well, it seems like you and I kind of agree there with the Broncos move. And I think we both would agree, you know, this is kind of a desperation game for them, you know, four and four. You know, they can end up being five and four, and put themselves in a, in a much better situation. How about you, Dan? How are you feeling about the Broncos and Cowboys?
1: I am worried about this Denver team and their mentality. Week 4, everyone's falling in love with the Broncos, 3-0. I know they didn't play very good opponents, but they beat those teams pretty handily. Week 4, Teddy Bridgewater got the concussion and lost the Ravens. It's been pretty much downhill since then. I know they beat Washington last week, but it's Washington, the Von Miller trade. Did you guys see the old Noah Fant interview come out? I retweeted it. I don't know if you two saw it, but did you hear what he said, essentially? essentially said there's a massive rift between von miller and some other players about a party for halloween and it got brought up in the media and you might be wondering why i care or why you two should care or why any listeners should care i don't have any data backing it up but i do not like backing teams when a massive massive off-field issue massive distraction comes out and you're discussing it with the media Brandon Cooks last week tweeted, this is bullshit after the Mark Gingham trade. And I was worried about their locker room and well, they got blown out and made an epic comeback to barely cover the spread. If you got the closing line for the Texans last week, but when you're going public with that type of info and when Noah Fant side note, Sleepy is on the COVID list, list this week, so I don't know if he's going to play. So keep an eye on for other players for the Broncos this week if you're going to back them for COVID issues. But Noah Fant was in that interview talking about it, so I'm a little worried if the Broncos locker room is done. I got some major injuries on that defensive side and the linebackers. Sleepy, I know you said you went the over. I would look toward the Cowboys team total over because I don't know if Denver's going to be able to put up points. I don't trust him. I don't trust Bridgewater at all. But 10, I lean Broncos because that's a pretty big backdoor. And if you're the Cowboys, you you don't care. If you're up 14, you're going to win the game. So I'm looking for the Cowboys team total over. My only concern for the Cowboys is, are they going to let Dak be normal Dak? I saw the video last week at the Minnesota Vikings pregame warmups. And if you just look at his warmups, he looked totally fine in there. So I don't know if they're going to be a little bit restrictive they could maybe just run the ball and try to keep the ball out of Dak's hands as much as possible, unless in obvious situations. So I'm going to look to the Cowboys team total over.
0: All right. Well, Dan, I'm going to go ahead and go at it a couple different ways there. Let's jump over to Vikings and the Ravens. Uh, Ravens are going to be at home here. Minus six. We have a total of 49 and a half smooth throw to you first. Vikings, Ravens. What are you thinking?
2: Yeah. I like the Vikings here. I know it opened up at, I uh, think getting five and a half, uh, some spots it moved up to six, but I think you get the better number here if you catch the six and just going back to that Sunday night game um, with the uh, Vikings and Cowboys, you know, I know that, you know, they've uh, Mike Zimmer in that offense, they wanted to be more of a, a balanced offense attack, you know, with Dalvin cook you know, with when he's healthy and in the lineup. But I think, you know, with the additions of Justin Jefferson you know, from last year to go with Adam Thielen and, you know, a a wide receiver that I like out of Miami, KJ Osborne. Um, I think they have to be more of a passing attack. I think that's where the strength of this team is at. And if anything that showed Mike Zimmer and the offensive coordinator that it was the struggles that they had, you know, Sunday night against, you know, the Cowboys defense, that's a pretty good defense, but I don't think it's as good as it looked, you know, Sunday night. So, um, and also when you t- take into consideration, uh, Kirk cousins, you know, he's having a, a pretty good year this year and, you know, um, pro football focus, you know, they give him the second best grade you know, of quarterback so far this year. So, um, with how poor the offense looked last, last week against a, um, against a pretty, you know, average or opportunistic defense in the Cowboys, you know, I think they'll have a bounce back performance against this Ravens defense that's still dealing with a lot of injuries on that side of the ball. And teams have shown that, you know, you can throw the ball against them, you know, like the Bengals was able to do, or like the Chiefs was able to do and a couple other teams. So I think they're going to be pretty aggressive attacking this Ravens team throughout the air. So and I, I got this game being a lot closer, uh, like a field around a field goal or less. So getting anything five and a half or more, I, I'll definitely take the points with the
0: Vikings. And I think they might be live to win this one outright as well. I think they have to be live here, smooth, because their schedule is not going to get any easier over the next couple of weeks. they got the Ravens here, then they have the Chargers, then they have the Packers. And they're probably going to end up running into, you know, a much healthier San Francisco club. And that one's going to be on the road. I mean, I don't want to say it's do or die situation, but Minnesota needs to start putting some wins together. And I believe that this is a game that they, you know, potentially could win. You know, they have the offense. they got Delian Jefferson. they got Cook. Uh, you know, Cousins, one way or another, you know, probably could put a decent game together. I just think it's too many points here for the Ravens. The only thing that really concerns me about Minnesota is, you know, if you look at all the teams that they beat this year, they're, you know, pretty much bad teams, and they've beaten uh, – and they've lost to nothing but good teams. I mean, they lost to the Bengals, lost to the Cardinals, lost to the Browns, lost to the Cowboys. You know, this would fit the role of, you know, lost to the Ravens, lost to the Chargers, lost to the Packers. So – Uh, They could be looking at that, but I I believe that they know that their season right now uh, is potentially on the line. The loss here, and uh, it's going to be tough for them. They're going to have to string together, you know, four, five, six wins out of seven, eight games. And I just don't know if they could do that with the schedule they have in front of us. But I believe this is an all-in effort, do-or-die effort. I believe they have the quarterback, the playmakers, to do that. And the Ravens, to me, look, they're a good team. But I think at times, you know, that offense can struggle. Six points, just too much for me here. I'm with you, Smooth. I think this is probably like a one, two, three-point game. I think the Vikings are live to go ahead and win this one as well. So I'll take the plus six, feel very comfortable with that. And, you know, I wouldn't even, you know, bat an eyelash maybe to even look at teasing up the Vikings, you know, getting them up over seven and getting them up over ten. So uh, I'm with you there, Smooth, 100%. How about you, Dan, Vikings, Ravens? What are you thinking? Listening
1: to you talk. I did like the Vikings coming into this. Or my apologies. I like the Ravens coming into this game. But listen to you talk. I just think it's too many points the more I think about it. The Vikings win close or they lose close. At five and a half, six, I'm just going to make it a lead on the Ravens. The Ravens are a team I do trust coming off of by. You have Lamar Jackson actually turning one of his weaknesses passing the ball this year into a relatively strength with those Good running backs in Latavius Murray, Le'Veon Bell, or whoever they throw back there. And that's a joke, by the way. That running back group is just terrible. But you've seen Lamar it out through the air. I don't know what that Vikings game plan was last week. It was odd they kept throwing it so much, and then they would run it with Dalvin and have some success, and then just go back to throwing it. I don't know what to think of Justin Jefferson right now. Is he injured? Is he not injured? But he doesn't look like his old normal self. Maybe it was just last week. So I don't know if Kirk Cousins and Co., the classic Kirk Cousins in prime time, these terrible trends. I think McKenzie has those numbers, but he's terrible in prime time. Maybe that came into effect last week. So I'll lean the Ravens. They do have that Thursday night game, but I do trust Harbaugh and Co. to maybe have some wrinkles up their sleeve, to maybe get their wide receivers going, because this is technically Richard Bateman's third game a bye so he's had three weeks of practice now starting on the season on ir i'm gonna lean ravens for now i have to take that one think about that one some more
0: all right so dan's gonna give some more thought to that one how about we jump over to patriots and the panthers uh, panthers are gonna be a home dog here plus three and a half and we have a total of 41 sam Darnold right now uh, it seems like his status is a little bit unknown dan i'm gonna throw it right back to you for this one patriots panthers what are you thinking
1: I got to pass this game. It's similar to the Dolphins game. I don't know who's playing for the Panthers this week. Is it P.J. Tucker? Or my apologies, P.J. Walker? I don't know. If there is one team Sam Donald cannot see, that's the New England Patriots. He's off the concussion, so I, I just don't know what to make of Sam Donald this week. At 3.5, though, my question to you two is pretty simple. If Sam Donald doesn't play, does this line go up any higher? I don't know. Do I trust Mac Jones here? The Panthers' defense has been playing pretty well. It's the offense that's been hurting them. Like, if you look at that Eagles loss, that was the Panthers' offense costing them that game. I just don't know what to make of the Panthers without Sam Darnold. I mean, if P.J. Walker is, uh, if he's just terrible, if he's worse than Sam Darnold, and this offense was struggling without or with Sam Darnold, I know Christian McCaffrey is slated to come back this week. He just came off IR today. So I don't know if he's going to play this week. If he does play, will he be hundred percent? I really don't know. Are they going to ease him into it? It's just that when you look at both defenses, I can't really back the Panthers. And I really want to back the Patriots at three and a half. If it was at two and a half, I would like the Patriots, but at three and a half, I got to pass this game completely.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, Dan. I'm going to go ahead and pass. I don't really have much of a handicap on this particular game. I I don't want to lay points with the Patriots on the road. And I don't want to take them with the Panthers. I mean, if I had to take a, A a lean here, Um, it would probably be Panthers and under, and that's more of a guess. I'm not going to be involved in this game. It's a pass all around for me. How about you, Smooth Patriots-Panthers? What are you thinking?
2: Um, I'm kind of in agreement with you guys here. I was slightly lean to the Panthers, um, only for the fact that if Christian McCaffrey is able to play, I know he started practicing, either today or yesterday. Um, so if he's able to go, um, then I would lean towards the Panthers. And um, speaking on, you know, Sam Darnold, um, he was, you know, he was playing at his best before Christian McCaffrey got hurt. So if he's able to come back, I think he would definitely help him if, if Sam Darnold's able to get out there. But I do actually like, you know, P.J. Walker a little bit better than Sam Darnold. And P.J. Walker has some history with Matt Rule. I think he played for him for a Temple when he was a – the coach there, and you know, and in the XFL, you know, PJ Walker, he he really shined and he really showed his ability to throw the ball down the field. You know, he had some some good moments. You know, last year, uh, when he's with the Panthers, um, uh, when he had to step in, you know, make make a a, few, a couple starts, and you know, uh, Matt Rule, he has a, a short short leash with Sam Darnold. You know, benching him a couple of weeks ago for his poor play, so. If he's able to get out there, I know he has a lot of trust and confidence in PJ Walker, so um, but it, it would still just be a slight lean for me. Um, you know, Patriots, they've been playing better as the season's went along and they're coming off a, a big upset win, you know, against the Chargers. They've been in a, a good spot as a dog this uh this year, you know, winning some games outright, uh, including last week. So now, you know, they are going on the road, you know, laying more than a field goal with the public backing them. Um, I think that's a good spot for the panthers so but it only comes down to if Christian is able to get on the field and you know the uh the uncertainty at quarterback situation for me that has me hesitant to go all in on the Panthers here, but I would just look to lean towards the Panthers not anything strong, not anything strong right now,
0: all right, so it seems like nobody is uh, super convinced on that one. Let's jump over to the bills and the Jaguars Jaguars are gonna be home. Dog here, plus 14 and a half. We have a total of 48 and a half. Uh, I kind of got to take the same approach as I did in the last game. I got to pass this one. Uh, Buffalo last week, I don't believe they covered. I believe it was close, probably dependent on when you bet that one. But uh, I don't trust them here on the road land, you know, over two touchdowns against the Jaguars team, who I guess you could say they got the monkey off their back and uh, their offense is probably going to be a little bit better. Uh, I know Robinson was dinged up a little bit. It's a pass for me. It's, it's the safest way for me. I mean, I don't need to be betting you know, certain games, and this game is another one that I don't need to mess with. How about you, Dan? What are you think about the Bills and Jags?
1: Uh, the Bills did cover last week. They won by 15. I don't think it ever got to 15 last week, so if you had Bills, they should have covered for everybody last week. But I'm with you, Sleepy. It's just one of those games. The Jags are just terrible. And when I mean terrible, they're like Houston, Texas approaching bad. That game last week for Seattle when Geno Smith, I believe, completed his first 14 passes in a row off a of bye. It's just this team has no life. They don't buy an Urban Meyer. It's going to be one of those teams each week. Is it enough points to put money on? And I'm going to start treating them like the Jets with Zach Wilson and the Texans with Davis Mills. The question is going to be. Is this enough points to back them, and do I trust them to back them? The answer is going to be mostly no. Even at the end of the year, I don't even know if I want to back them. The Jaguars, the Jets, and the Texans just aren't covering these big spreads. It Maybe Bill's and the teaser. I don't know. I'm with you, Sleepy. I feel like you can't really back the Bills here. I really want to be surprised if they cover the 14.5 or 14 or 11, depending on when you bet it. But I for sure don't want to back the Jaguars this week because they just look like they have no life in that team. I don't know if it's an Urban Meyer issue. A player's not liking Urban Meyer. My apologies. It is an Urban Meyer issue. So until Urban Meyer and co can prove they can cover these big spreads and at least give us some life, pass. I just got to pass on all Jaguars games. It's going to be do I want them or not, and
0: the answer this week is no. All right. How about you, Smooth Bills, Jags? What do you think?
2: Yeah, it would be a, a game that I have to pass as well. Um, Obviously, Bills are the better team, but just laying 14 and a half on the road when they was coming off a week where they was laying about uh, somewhere around the same um, and, you know, barely got to the cover there. Um, it's just a, a game that I can't get involved with. Um, you know, I have a feeling that the Jaguars will play better than they did last week. You know, they got embarrassed, you know, uh, to the Seahawks with the backup quarterback, but. They haven't shown anything to me that shows that they, you know, can play with some consistency or get up off the mat, you know, once they've been embarrassed. And, you know, right now this part of the season, you was it's getting around that time where, you know, teams are looking at, you know, where they are in the standings and try to position themselves for, you know, better draft picks. And the Jaguars are definitely in a team, you know, that needs more talent, you know, on that roster on both sides of the ball. So it'll be a game that I have to pass all together with, you know, the Bills, you know, they've been pretty fortunate to, you know, play either some bad quarterbacks or just some bad teams overall and just, you know, uh, go to week to week and just barely do enough to get the win. So um, I wouldn't want to touch the Bills at this big of a number. And I definitely wouldn't want to get involved with the Jaguars with what everything they got going on. So it'll be another pass for me.
0: You know, the, the bad teams at this time of year, though, can actually make you money sometimes, you know, especially like a young team like this Jaguars teams, young. They a rookie quarterback, you know they had a. Don't forget they lost Travis Etienne. Like this team's probably going to be better, you know, next year. But if, let's say Etienne was on the on the team or uh, you know teamed up with Robinson, this team's going to grow. I mean they're young, they're growing together, and you know we see that in in college basketball. You know with you know with the Kentuckys of the world and Dukes and things like that. Like you know they 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 come in with a, a fresh crop of you know new freshmen. And it takes a while for those teams to get going before they can get their legs under them, uh, before they understand each other and understand their roles on the team. Uh, Some players are, you know, a little immature and stuff like that. Like, there's a lot of growing that has to go on. And I believe that, you know, the Jaguars kind of fit that bill uh, right now. And, you know, you could could throw Miami in there. You could throw a couple of teams in there that are just young. And uh, they they will, you know, improve as the year goes on. But one of the things that, that generally doesn't improve is the record. And a lot of people look at their records like, oh God, you know, oh and oh and seven or one one and nine or whatever, and they just throw them in the trash. But in reality, uh those teams are getting better. They're growing together and they sneak up on these teams that are laying, you know, two touchdowns, you know, 17 points. So I think that's just something that, you know, the better should look at is just don't go blindly fade. You know these young teams that have bad records. You know sometimes they grow together, and then you know it, it, like and and consider what Smooth said. That that was a really good point. That some teams at, at some point they just kind of throw the towel and say, you know what, like this isn't our year. Whatever, we'll start looking towards next year. But I do believe that you know two three wins doesn't hurt you uh, when it comes to you know the NFL draft. Like get get your second one, get your third win. You know go out there and grow together and and get a little motivation. You know behind that team. So uh, I just want to go ahead and say that. Let's jump into the Raiders and the Giants. Uh, Giants going to be uh, plus 2.5 here at home. There are some 3s out there as well. Total 46.5. Dan, I'll go ahead and I'll throw it to you first. I know that Smooth and myself both agree on this one, but I'm going to let you have first rip at this one. Raiders, Giants, what do you got? Coming into today, the week,
1: I was looking toward the Raiders off the bye. The whole John Gruden situation is passed now. They seem like they're playing okay. And then the Henry Ruggs thing went down. So I don't know where the Raiders are at in the locker room. I don't know how they're feeling. This could be one of those situations where the Giants just blow them out of the water and the Raiders just dead on arrival this week. The Giants two and a half point home dogs coming off a close win against Kansas City. Giants did have 16 players. I believe it was 16 players test positive for covid Turns out today it was actually false positives and only one actual guy had COVID, their running backs coach. So if the Giants players are actually good to go this week, I think it's Giants or pass. You can't lay two and a half points with the Raiders distractions. Yes, I know the Giants might have some distractions this week, but having one of your teammates kill somebody, that's a different
0: level of type mentality. So I like the Giants this week. All right, then I'm going to go with the Giants move. I'll let you go in on this one. Raiders, Giants, what do you got? Yeah, I like the Raiders, and I'm
2: only going to back them at a certain number. You know, laying the two and a half here. You know, I know Dan mentioned you know the the Henry Rugg situation, a terrible situation, a decision he made ended up costing somebody's life. Uh, so prayers out to that family dealing with that situation. But you know, they got to go out and play a football game. And you know, the Raiders um, when they was dealing with their uh, distractions um, to potential distractions around John Gruden. they really rallied together and they came out and played probably one of the better games of the year against the Broncos. And, you know, there had been, and after that game, there had been some reports that, you know, that uh, with John Gruden gone, that there was a a big sigh of relief and the team was a little bit more looser and a little bit more uh, uh, confident in going out and playing that way. And you saw the benefit of that uh, the most was probably Derek Carr with his ability to throw the ball all over the field and have a, a Pretty big game, so I think that's something that will continue with Derek Carr, you know, throughout the season. And I think something that'll help with him is that, um, you know, Darren Waller, um, he he, he practiced today, and I, I expect him to be ready to go. Um, he didn't play their last game, but uh, with him practicing today and having a, a full week of rest off of the bye week to get healthy, um, that's going to help them. And then, you know, Henry Ruggs, he was their leading receiver averaging about 19.5 yards per catch. But they do have two other receivers in Zay Jones and Brian Edwards that are averaging around the same uh, yards per catch, about 19.2 and about 19.4 yards per catch. So they still have a couple other deep threats, and then they get Josh Jacobs back on the uh, at, in the backfield. And one other thing that's not getting talked about as much with the Raiders because they've been dealing with a lot of distractions is because of the poor play this year of the Chiefs, um at 500 right now and then the Chargers kind of taking a step back sitting around four and three or four and four you know Raiders are in first place in that division at five and two and it's been a while since they've been top of that division and you know I think I just think that the guys in that locker room you know they're going to band together and you know not let anything you know distract them or, or or take them off their game on the field and go out and try to win that AFC West division right now and get back into the playoffs so um, I'll, I'll lay, uh, the two and a half with the Raiders. And if it gets up to three, then I would either, you know, look to pass, but I will grab the two and a half at some shops right now while they're still out, while they're still out there, you know, back in the Raiders.
0: Yeah. I'm with you smooth. I, I like the Raiders in this one quite a bit. You know, the giants to me, that was an all in effort. Their season was on the line last week. They now have a record of two and six and look, they gave the chiefs hell. Um, they gave, they gave, you know, Kansas city, everything they can handle, and that was on the road, and you know, I, I look. I I think when you're playing somebody like the Chiefs, you know that that's just a monster game. That's a game that you have circled, and I also believe the the Giants have next week's game circled, and and that's on the road at Tampa. You know, try to knock off Super Bowl champs. I mean, uh, at this point, that's what they're really playing for. You know, or to uh, you know build build momentum and and build you know. Um, you know, locker room, uh, you know, bonding and stuff like that. Like at at this point, they're not going to make the playoffs. There's no way. Uh, The NFC just has too many teams right now that are, um, you know, just it's top heavy. I mean, you got a lot of teams with one loss and the Giants ain't making the playoffs. So uh, I just think it's kind of a letdown here, you know, for New York. And look, they don't have all their players. I mean, Saquon's going to be out. Uh, He's not coming back uh, probably, I'm guessing, anytime soon. Uh, He's on the COVID list right now. Uh, The wide receiver core is all banged up. I mean, it's just not a good spot for them. And as far as the Raiders go, I guess I could start out with rugs. You know, that's, that's a crummy situation, you know, to, to find yourself in, you know, he's a young kid that, you know, is, uh, you know, playing on a really good football team and, you know, he's uh, living his dream. And then, you know, it all comes to a, you know, a crash and halt, uh, you know, in, in a minute. And, you know, it's. It's another example for the NFL, you know, for all the players that, you know, regardless of how much money you make, how famous you are, you know, how how invincible that you feel and how, you know, you know, how on top of the world that you are that, you know, your life could spiral out of control in, you know, a minute. And so I it serves as a good example, you know, for the rest of the league to, you know, take a look at that, you know, that these things do happen on occasion and, you know, that unfortunately for Ruggs, You know, he's going to be held accountable and he's probably going to get his ass handed to him, you know, Um, in my opinion, because, you know, the Raiders, this is their this is like their first big shakeup with a player uh, being involved with the law. And this was one of the concerns coming into, um, you know, coming into this season and coming into last season is that um, Vegas is not an easy place to live. I mean, Smoove will tell you that Um, it, it could drag a lot of people down, but I'm not saying that's what happened with Ruggs. But I'm just saying it's not an easy place, you know, to live to to stay out of trouble. If you know you sway it a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right, um, yeah, I have a feeling they'll they'll more than likely try to make an example out of Rugs, which you know, kind of kind of sucks for him. But uh, I don't know, man. I, I think the I think the Raiders rally here. You know, the, that's a team that um, can make the playoffs. And if if Waller's going to be in there, and you know, you got Jacobs kind of getting back into form a little bit, getting a little bit healthier. You got Kenyon Drake chipping in. And although Ruggs isn't going to be on the field, I feel like, you know, Hunter Renfro, Brian Edwards, guys like that, uh, they'll be able to chip in and and replace, you know, the production that he was having. He was, you know, according to the stats, he was, you know, the best receiver on the team uh, as far as yardage and target-wise. But I believe the Raiders can overcome that. I believe this is another game in which, you know, the Raiders can kind of – you know, wipe away that, 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 that stink right now. I mean, they, they did it when, when with the Gruden situation and I believe they'll do it here. And the easiest way to, you know, put, put bad things behind you is just to go out there and do your best and perform, you know, at the highest level that you can and remain professional and, uh, and just go out there and do your job. And I think that that's what, I think that's what the Raiders are going to do this week. And I just I don't see the Giants, you know, having much motivation. I mean, I think their motivation is next week against the Buccaneers, try to knock off the Super Bowl champs, and just you know, probably pack it in for the rest of the year. So uh, I'm with you there, smooth 100. Like the like the Raiders here, um, I don't mind laying two and a half, three. Uh, you know, I, maybe I would lessen my bet a little bit, but two and a half, I like them. Uh, but that'll wrap up the pod, guys. Not bad, good stuff there from everyone. We covered six games. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter, SlippyJ underscore pregame. You can find Dan at Dan Rivera, 228. And you guys can get smooth at smooth underscore 702. You guys can always find us at the com and at the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck for NFL week number nine. Enjoy the games.